here this morning, I really encourage you to download the message. It's the start of a new series that we're going, uh, going on for this month called Inside Out, who you are when no one's looking, because who you are when no one's looking is who you really are. And uh, this series, uh, we're discovering that the answer that we're seeking for is not outside of us. It's not in another location. It's not in a new material possession. It's not in a relationship. The answer that we're seeking is on the inside of us. Our greatest problem and our answer is found within. And when we understand that the kingdom of God is, is upside down and it's inside out, we begin to discover uh, God's purposes and promises being revealed in our life. I, I don't know about you, but I just don't want God to promise me something and never to enter into it. Uh, I, I want to step into my promise in Jesus' name. How many want to do that? And so uh, it's a journey we're going on. Let's go on it all together. Let's be part of an e-group. And uh, if you're not, just sign up in the foyer at the red tent afterwards because, man, it's going to be one wild ride. You need to put on your seatbelt and hold on because I believe God's going to do something significant uh, in uh, in and through this series. So uh, good times are awaiting us. Well, it was several years ago, in fact, some time ago, uh, about 20 years ago, Wow, that makes me sound old. 20 years ago, I was in a meeting, in a worship meeting, and I felt God's presence and anointing. I was about to speak, and I got this picture of a dog that we used to own. Uh, It was a Keyshound dog. Uh, It's like a Samoyed, a big fluffy dog. Uh, and I saw this dog that it had, had passed away, and I saw it in, in this worship moment. It was anointed, and, and I got this picture of it throwing up. Because this dog was a little overweight. Uh, this dog liked its food, which was always helpful growing up, because when you didn't like what you were being served, you had guaranteed, a guaranteed mouth underneath the table, which you could slip those vegetables, those Brussels sprouts. How many like Brussels sprouts? You're crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, you could slip them under the table, and sure enough, you'd have a dog that would eat them. In fact, this dog was so overweight that one day I was walking up some stairs, uh, and it broke its knees. <laughs> And we took it to the vet, and we took it to the vet, and the vet said it was going to take, uh, it was going to cost eight hundred dollars to fix that. Uh, you, don't, if you don't know my father's from a farming background, and he says, "No way, am I spending eight hundred dollars on a dog?" Uh, so that was the end of our, our dog called Mindy. <laughs> Mindy, uh, what a what a dumb name for a dog. <laughs> But that was dog. Anyway, in the middle of this worship moment, I, I saw this dog because it would eat so much, it used to throw up. I saw it throwing up, and I'm going, What's that? I'm about to preach. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Hey, there's a verse attached to what you're seeing. And, and I quickly got out my Bible, went to the back, because there's a concordance at the, at the back, and, and I looked up the word vomit. Vomit. How, how, how many think vomit is in the Bible? Yeah, well, some of us know it in Revelation, but it's actually in Second Peter. And so we're going to read that passage of Scripture tonight. Let's go to Second Peter quickly. Second Peter, if we could put it up on screen because I don't have it on, on my iPad yet. 
and uh, uh, here we go. Here, here it says, they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. Controls you. I, I want to ask you a question right there is, what would you do if you had no fear? How, how would you live your life if you didn't have those voices on the inside of you saying, don't do that? What right now are you a slave to? Can we keep that scripture up right there? What are you a slave to? For you're a slave to whatever controls you, whatever makes your decisions for you. Some of you don't have power to make decisions. Decisions are made for you. What other people think make your decisions for you. For some of us, money makes decisions for us. There's nothing wrong with having money, but when money has you, how many know you're a slave? Yeah, you're a slave to that. And the reality is all of us in some way can be a slave either to our flesh or, or to spirits that are working our lives. Let's read on on this passage. Let's go to the next verse if we could go there. It says, And when the people escape from the wickedness of this world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then, somebody say, and then. And then get tangled up and get enslaved by sin again. They are worse off than before. Uh, so what's this verse saying? This was saying, hey, for those who have given their hearts to Jesus, they're no longer slaves. That's good news. You're no longer a slave to fear. You don't need to be a slave to insecurity. You're free. The Son has set you free. And he who the Son sets free is free. Come on, you're free. But here's the thing. If you go back to your old way of living, if you get entangled, get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, you don't just go back to where you were. You go back and you're in a worse off place. You are worse off than you were before. Let's, let's read on. And here it is. Here's the clincher right now. Let's, next verse. Next verse. It says, it would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. I, I don't know about you, but I've been messed up for good. Uh, uh, there's no going back. If God's got a hold of your heart, there's only one way. That, that's forward. See, I want to say, when it comes to living this life, courage is foundational as a Christian. It's not optional. I'll leave that, that courage thing for those spiritual people. No, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, you're a spiritual person. And you're mandated to be courageous. To be courageous, you know, to live this holy life. You've been messed up for good. Here, let's go on. And it says, verse 22, it says, They prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit. See, I didn't just picture my dog vomiting. I, the picture I saw was the dog returning to its vomit and licking it up. How many have ever seen that before? You know, a cat or a dog returning, not just vomiting, not, 
you know, bringing it up, then actually going back and uh, licking up that vomit. Yeah, you get the picture. Uh, do I need to illustrate it any further? Uh, you got to write, lucky we're not eating anything right now. But that's the picture for somebody who's been set free and goes back to old ways of living. They're like a dog returning to its vomit and licking it up. They're like a washed pig that returns to the mud. When it comes to living the life God's called you to, there's only one way, and that's forward in Jesus' name. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. See, what you've got to understand is God equips us so that we can move forward. And I want to take you to a passage found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It's a well-known passage. Many of you will know this off by heart. But I want to preach around these words because tonight I'm believing that we can break the spirit of intimidation. It's the spirit that holds back many from possessing their destiny. And if we can overcome this, if we can recognize this, I believe we can move forward at a greater rate. Second Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 7, it says, This is why I remind you, verse 6, to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands upon you. This is Paul talking to Timothy. You know, when it comes to it, you know, here's the deal. You've been given a gift from God. And just because you've been given a gift does not mean that gift will ever reach its potential. If that gift is to reach its potential, you need to stir it up. Come on, somebody say, stir it up. No, you can't say, stir it up. No, it's like you've got to say, stir it up. Stir it up. You've got to stir up that gift that is within you. Let's go to verse 7 right now. Verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So when you feel afraid, you've got to ask, where's that coming from? Because that's not coming from God. He's not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. How, how many struggle with discipline from time to time? Here's the good news tonight is that God gives you a spirit that enables you and empowers you to be self-disciplined. You don't need to try and figure it out in your own strength. You need to realize what you've been given and then just walk in that. He isn't giving you a spirit of Fear or timidity. You know, within the word timidity, you know, in the extended version is intimidation. You, you don't have a spirit. You haven't been given a spirit which intimidates you. But a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, I, I did a paper round like Pastor Matt, and uh, he got paid more than me. I, I used to get paid for two weeks' work, $9. Yeah, slave labor right there. I was nine years old, by the way, as well. But, but, but I was doing this job, and I did it in Wanganui. Then I, I, I graduated, moved to Auckland, the promised land, and I got a job with the New Zealand Herald, delivering papers in the early morning. I, I used to have to get up at quarter to six, six mornings a week. 
I, I did this job for, for six years. It might even be longer, seven years, I think it was. You know, every six mornings a week, getting up at quarter to six. You know, that taught me a lot. You know, I experienced many things on my paper round. In fact, one time, a guy, shrieked, a guy flashed me. That's something that you don't want to see in the dark of the morning. I, I said, get lost in Jesus' name, because I didn't know what else to say. He took off and ran off, didn't see him. He flashed my brother, who was doing a paper round about two k's away as well. Man, that was some weird experience. And then, you know, a month later, we were at a citywide youth gathering, and me and my brother turned to one another, and we looked at him and thought, there's the flasher. He was singing in the choir. Anyway, there's nothing to do with my sermon. I just thought I'd share that story. <laughs> there's more to it, but I can't go into detail. Anyway, uh, you know, I encountered many things uh, on this paper round in the dark of the morning. In fact, dogs were a common occurrence. You know, dogs coming at you from nowhere. And sometimes I find myself in a corner with a, a dog barking at me and just trying to get that dog to move to go away. And, I, and I, there was one address that I was really scared of because every time I'd pass it, this, this dog would bark. And it sounded like a vicious dog. It sounded vicious, and I thought, man, I don't want that dog coming at me. And so what I'd do is, is when I'd come near that address, I'd cross over to the other side of the street. I'd take my bicycle on the other side of the street, and then once I'd passed that address, I'd cross back over, and, and then I'd keep on going. I'd keep, see, I, I was intimidated uh, by the sound of this dog. It, it, it freaked me out. I'd never seen the dog, but... Its sound had intimidated me. In fact, I, I did that for years. I, I did that for years. And there was one day I thought, why am I doing this? This is taking up too much time. <laughs> you know, I, maybe this dog is not as bad as I think it is. And, and I heard heard from a friend that there's two ways of dealing with dogs. Uh, the first way, number one, is lie down, remain completely still. <laughs> and if you remain completely still, the dog would just come up, sniff you, and eventually go away. I wasn't prepared to try that option. <laughs> now, but I've heard if a dog smells fear and you run, it will keep on running after you. It, it will go after you. Yeah, you know, so I thought, no, I'm not going to take that option. But my friend told me there's another way of dealing with a dog coming at you. is just look it in the eyes and yell your head off at it. Yeah, just go, ah. And hopefully you'll freak the dog out. Uh, some of you just need to look at it. Nah. Ooh. 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 Uh, but that's the way. So that, that's what I thought I'd do. So, so one day I thought, I got up the courage. I'm going to cross. I'm not going to cross the street. I'm going to go down the same side of the street. I'm going to pass this address. So anyway, on my bike, going down the street, you know, I come to this address. And sure enough, this dog starts barking, coming at me. So, so at six, quarter past six in the morning, 
I just start yelling my head off. Ah! And this dog goes, ah! And then I see this dog come out of the shadows and this, this small little thing. It's a small little dog. And for years, for years, I had crossed the street and freaked, uh, freaked out at, at a little dog. A little dog. Do you know that's the same with yours in my life? So often we get intimidated by a sound that, that in the end is just has no power. The devil has no power. He can give off a sound, but he has no power because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Here's the thing. How do you know whether you're intimidated or not? It's when you alter what is a normal response. It's when you alter or you accommodate something that you shouldn't accommodate. Yeah, you know, as Christians, how many know we're called to dream big? So why are you dreaming so small? Yeah, come on, we're called to do miracles. Yeah, we're called to, to lay hands on people and see people healed. But what if I lay hands on them and nothing happens? Well, well, still, you're called to lay hands on people. Why are you shrinking back? Why are you crossing over the other side of the street? Why are you avoiding what God's called you to? See, see, if we just understand this, I believe we'll step into a new realm of faith. But what's stopping us right now, living out this faith journey where we can experience the power of God is we're intimidated. We have these voices in our head. We want to do it, but we think, man, that, that sounds ferocious. I really believe we need to get louder than every voice of intimidation. We need to realize who's living on the inside of us. And we need to speak to every voice of intimidation. I just quickly want to give you tonight three ways that the spirit of intimidation works. You know, the spirit of intimidation was personified in the Old Testament through guys like Goliath. He, he intimidated the Israelites each and every morning. They got dressed for battle, ready to go. But as soon as they see this giant down in the valley yelling at them, they would retreat in fear. Now, now, now the, the spirit of of intimidation is just that. It's a spirit. It's not a person. It's a spirit that can work through a person, but it's also a spirit that can work through past failures. It's a spirit that works through, through, through events that have happened in our life that didn't work out or didn't turn out the way that we thought they should. And so every time we want to take a step forward, it's like the enemy comes and he whispers in our ear and says, remember what happened last time. And that voice in our head intimidates us and stops us venturing out again. See, I found this voice come and speak to me many a time when I first started out with a passion to reach my generation and running youth events. You know, I put on some great events and, and, and there were some doozers as well. 
some events that didn't work out where I put a whole lot of effort in, energy in. In fact, one time we filled a room full of newspaper. You know, it was about the size of the stage up to here. And I thought, man, it'll be awesome. We'll have heaps of fun. We'll play heaps of games in the newspaper. It'd be a whole lot of fun. Do you know only three people showed up? Man, the effort to put all their newspaper in the room, but then all the effort to take the newspaper out of the room. You know, it would have been all right if heaps of people showed up. But, but three or four people? And would say, oh man, the thought in my head was, never gonna do this again. You know, never, you know, you know. And in fact, when it came to running something else, I thought, man, remember what happened last time? What if it happens again? What if you get that feeling that you got again, that sick feeling in your gut? You know, even, even open heaven, you know, I was part of a group initiating it. And, you know, on, on Wednesday, you know, I was getting that sick feeling in my gut again. Sometimes, you know, I think, why the heck am I doing this? Because this could be a catastrophe. You know, what if nobody shows up? You know, those voices are real. You know, I know I'm meant to be the great man of faith. But I want to say those voices come. And you get this feeling. You know, sometimes in church on a, on a, on a Sunday when you all are late, I'm getting the sick feeling on my guts. Is this all that's coming? And I'm praying, I'm praying. And I look around at about quarter past ten. And I'm going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm just saying you could you'll relieve a lot of stress off a pastor by being on time. Do I get an amen on that? Uh, but you know, you get all these, have I really heard God? You know, it didn't work out this time. What makes you think it'll work out again? See, I, I really believe it takes courage to overcome those voices where you failed. Maybe you sin. You know, the enemy goes, oh, well, you know, you, you go to step out, lead an e-group and, or, or, or get involved and serve and and the, the enemy comes and says, well, if they knew what you really did back then. You know, what, what makes you think you can do that? You know, what, what makes you think that you, you can, and, and it's almost like he threatens us. And he says, hey, if you do that, you're going to expose yourself. But the good news is, as we found out this morning, courage is telling the story of who you are with your whole heart. Courage, I'll say that again, is telling the story of who you are with your whole heart. The good news today is you don't need to hide anything. Uh, God knows everything you've ever done, and He still accepts you and loves you. And He says, come on, this is your time. Stop holding back. Stop holding back. You know, for those who failed at, at, at university, I, I didn't fail much at school. In fact, I went to school just to eat my lunch and play sports. But, you know, I was, I, I was more a B student, didn't really get A's. In fact, in my final year, they streamed, uh, they streamed us at Auckland Grammar. And in my sixth form year, I was in 6N. Some of you are going, what's the big deal with that? Well, before N is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N. 
and have finished it. Oh, just saying, just saying. Yeah, and, and, and in my sinful year, I, I graduated a little bit and I went to 7G. Ooh. I went up in the world. I got my B bursary passed and uh, got into university. You know, going through university, passed my first year. Second year, I thought, man. Uh, I want to do really well. My first time ever, I thought, man, I want to do really well. So, so I studied my butt off, studied hard, thought, man, I'm going to get this A. This is my time because I've only ever been a beast, you know, I'm going to get this A. Worked hard, end of the, end of the semester, got a D. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's a moral there, you know, don't work, pass. Work hard, fail. No, no, there's no moral there. Just, just saying. But yeah, yeah, work hard. I, I was devastated. Whole semester, whole six months, failed. Now, some of my friends failed as well. They thought, oh, they said, we're out of here. We're not doing this. We're, we're going to do something else. And so they left. But I knew God had told me to do that course. And how many know when God tells you to do something, He doesn't change His mind halfway through? You know, on the results. No, God told me I'm sticking at it. Yeah, but the thought of going back and repeating the whole semester wasn't that exciting. Sitting in a classroom, you know, people asking, oh, what did you do last semester? I was here. Yeah, I'm that guy. (laughs) Yeah, but going back, do do you know, I'd say, Repeating that six months taught me more than my whole degree put together because I learned how to face failure. I learned how to overcome that voice. I, I learned that if you get knocked down four times, you just need to get up five times. And you need to finish. God is faithful. If He started, He's faithful to complete that work in you. But you've got to... You gotta get louder than those voices. Those voices will come, but you gotta get look like that dog. You gotta look it in the face and you gotta go, ah! <laughs> God, that's what you need. To, I, I'm not letting you, I, I'm not letting an uncircumcised Philistine defy me. Uh, you need to look it in the eye and say, I'm going to cut off your head and I'm going to feed your dead carcass to the birds of the air. You're not going to defeat me. Some of you are unconvinced. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now, God's given you a spirit of power. Come on, I need some people who understand that God's given them a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Here's the thing. First voice that comes against you is past failure. Second voice is present insecurity. Uh, how many feel a little insecure from time to time? Yeah, 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 yeah I do. Yeah, if you didn't lift your hand, it's because you're insecure. <laughs> oh, I might just admit that I am insecure. Uh, we all are. We all feel it. Go into a new vo- environment where you don't know anyone. That's freaky. Oh, where do I sit? Where do I stand? Some of you came to church tonight. You don't know anyone. It's like, you're welcome in this place. Be at home. Because I understand coming into a new environment where there's some crazy people can be a little bit intimidating. In fact, that's why many people avoid church. They avoid new places. They want to go into the familiar. It's because of their insecurity. You know, in your head, you're, you're looking across the room at the new people and somebody gives you a stand. They go, oh, they don't like me. 
Oh, they just gave me a funny look. Where in reality, they weren't even looking at you. They were looking at the person behind you. You know, and, and, but, but all these insecurity, oh, voices in my head, oh, you know, you know all the, they're talking. Oh, oh, they're probably talking about me. You know, it's, it's just all these crazy things that go on. Oh, I'm different. You know, in your head, you're going, oh, I'm different. I don't fit in. That's the enemy. And it's a voice of intimidation. Oh, you know, you know, I'm not accepted in this place. No, it's, it's a lie of the enemy. Yeah, you need to recognize it for what it is. See, see, we don't see things as they really are. Uh, we see things as we are. Uh, we don't see things, I'll say that again, as they really are. Uh, we see things as we are. As we are. Uh, our eyes are just a lens. Uh, we don't see with our eyes, we see through our eyes from our hearts. And if your heart is riddled with insecurity, uh, you'll make up all these scenarios that don't even exist. Some of you have got some weird and wacky stories that, that are in your head. You've got some thoughts about other people that are just so far from the mark is because you've misread it. And these voices, they, they come, they're real. Especially when you walk into unfamiliar territory. But we need to defeat those voices. And so I'm not going to let them hold, hold me back. I, I'm not going to let them stop me stepping out. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do everything that God's called me to. Number one, we need to get louder than the voice of past failure. Number two, we need to get louder than the voice of present insecurity. Number three, we need to get louder than the voice of perceived obstacles. Obstacles. How big is your God? Some of you say, oh, well, don't we all serve the same God? Don't we believe in, in the same God? No, no. How big is the God you serve? The God you serve. Uh, see, the devil doesn't mind you believing in God as long as you believe in a small one. As long as you believe in a God who's distant. He, he doesn't mind you believing in, in a God who's not interested. But once you start understanding who God is and how big he is, how, how many know nothing can get in your way? See, so often we're reminding God how big our problems are. Uh, we need to stop reminding God, oh, I've got this big problem, big debt, big thing. Uh, we need to stop reminding God how big our problems are and start reminding our problems how big our God is. Come on, come on, we serve a big God, small problem, small, little, tiny problem. God right now is not freaking out over a million dollars. Oh, Michael, bring everything together. Man, I don't know how we're going to get all this money. No, God's not freaking out of that. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if we'd understand that we serve a big God, we'd step out in big ways. God, we'd see that the, the problems in front of us is small. It's just speed bumps. 
I'm told if you, you go a certain speed over a speed bump, you don't really feel it. Now, I tried it once. It actually is true if you have good, if you have good suspension in your car. Just clarifying that. Uh, but some of us right now, we're slowing down. We're stopping at speed bumps. Going, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get over the speed bump. That, that's ridiculous. But that's what some of us are like in the spirit. As we're going along, uh, uh, speed bump, oh, there's a speed bump. Uh, and we start freaking out. It's just a speed bump. Just... And keep on going. Don't stop there. Come on, it's time to move forward. And it's time to overcome this voice. He says, well, what if it all goes wrong? Well, what if it all goes wrong? Uh, what have you got to lose? Really? Oh, I might get embarrassed. Well, so? Here's the deal. Now, my mom says this all the time. God can't bless you beyond your embarrassment. He can't bless you. And, and too many of us hold back because we're scared. Oh, what if it all goes wrong? Well, what do you got to lose? Well, well you got to, to lose a little bit of pride. How I many know that's a good thing to lose? Because then you access more grace. Come on, I want to say step out. Come on, serve God while you're young. Uh, I was saying to the pastors just on Wednesday night, and I'm going, you know, some of them are older than me. Uh, a few of them older than me. And I'm going, man, we've got to see Auckland saved in our generation. Come on, in our generation. In, in our generation. And not, we're not going to wait for the next generation. Come on, in our generation. Come on, how many want to see revival break out in, this, in our generation? Come on, let's not just set the foundation. I want to set the foundation for the next generation. But I want to see a move of God in my time. In my time, I'm saying here and now, this is our time. Here and now, we can see places like this jam-packed with people worshiping God, giving their hearts to Jesus. Come on, I need a few more people who are filled with the Spirit of God to get excited in this place. You know, to, who, who will understand that when you've got the Spirit of the, the living God living on the inside of you, you can look at your glass and say, who are you? I'm going to cut off your head. Yeah, some of us, we've been bowing down to these things. No, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to defeat you. Who are you to defile a, a son and daughter of the king? Come on, it's time to stir it up. See, when you get the word of God in you, it begins to flow through you. I, I've always been a little bit of a reluctant leader. But when I started getting the word of God in me, I just found it ugh, coming out of me. I, I couldn't hold on to it. You know, it was like fire shut up in my bones. I just had to release it. And I really believe God wants to release what's in people. Come on, you need to forget about what other people say. I love the, the scripture found in the Message Bible. And we'll just finish with this. If we could have the musicians up, this verse, if we could put it up on screen. It says, no, yeah, back. The godless... Spread lies about me. But I focus. Somebody say, I focus. I focus my attention on what you're saying. I focus my attention what, on what you're saying. Not what others are saying. Not what their voice in my mind is saying. I focus my attention on what you're saying. Let's 
go to the next one. It says, they are a bland bucket of lard. I like that description. The godless who spread lies about me, what are they? They are, uh, everyone said, they are a bland bucket of lard. Uh, they're going nowhere. They're a bland bucket of lard while I dance to the tune of your revelation. Come on, whose tune are you dancing to? Because I believe God is looking for a people who will dance to the tune of His revelation. Listen to this. It says, my troubles turned out for the best. They forced me to, wait for it, wait for it. They forced me to, next, next, next. Learn from your textbook. So your troubles help us to learn more about the Word of God. See, you can quote a Scripture, but when you've seen a Scripture materialized in your world, it's like you learn, you understand, you come to a place. It's not just theory anymore. It's not just a sermon a preacher preach. It's real. It's a testimony. I've learned from the text, but your textbook. Truth from your mouth means more to me than striking it rich in a gold mine. Come on, you got to start to treasure this truth in Jesus' Name. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Stop listening to that bark any longer. Come on, you need to look the devil in the face and say, devil, you're not going to hold me back any longer. I'm going to rise up because God hasn't given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind.